Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast, episode number 15. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss part one of The Habit of Saving, a beginner's guide to making your money work for you. And I'll be teaching you why creating a habit of saving is one of the most vital habits that you can develop. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. Join Ron Bouchard as he casts a wide net sharing his philosophy of life, business, and success, and goes fishing for wisdom in interviews with other entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders. You'll hear their stories of triumph and tribulation. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur trying to succeed outside the confines of the current of social expectation, bring the bait and join us for Gone Fishing. Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bouchard. The cornerstone of all wealth building is the habit of saving. It is how you can systematically distribute your income so that a substantial percentage will steadily accumulate. No one may succeed in life very long without developing the habit of saving. There is no exception to this rule. No one may escape it. If you were to ask the average person how they define success, they most assuredly would respond in monetary terms, i.e., successful people have lots of money. Why then, in a society that defines wealth as a criterion for success, are so few people educated in how to accumulate money? The answer to that question varies, but one thing is sure. The current of social expectation does not live up to the promise that if you work really hard, you'll make it, as evidenced by the following statistics. Out of 100 people who start working at the age of 25, by the age 65, 1% are wealthy. 4% have adequate capital stored away for retirement. 3% still working. 63% are dependent on Social Security, friends, relatives, or charity. And 29% are dead. Out of every 100 people who reaches the retirement age of 65, 62 retire with less than 25,000 in assets and depend on Social Security or family for their retirement. Another 35 will have less than $100,000 and have some form of pension in addition to Social Security and are just making it in their retirement. If either Social Security or the pension went away, they would have a difficult time surviving. Two of the three remaining retirees have an adequate pension or retirement account. They have assets of between 100000 and 750000 They do appreciate having the additional money they receive from Social Security, but they could survive without it. The last of these 100 retirees are the ones who are financially independent. These retirees have assets approaching or exceeding $1 million. They do not need income from Social Security at all. Now, which group above do you feel that you'll be in when it's time for you to retire. Clearly, something is not working, as 95% of the people will fail to accumulate sufficient money to get them through their retirement years. Joining me today to discuss this topic is Anna Silvera. She's a realtor with J. Barrett & Company Realtors, and she's also a moderator with Waypoint Mastermind. Hello, Anna. How are you? Hi, Ron. I'm doing well. And you? Not bad. Long time no here. Well, it must have been a couple of hours, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So in my opening monologue today, mm-hmm. I, I made the statement that no one can succeed in life without saving money and that there's no exception to this rule and no one may escape it. Do you agree with that and why? Yes, I do agree with it. And the reason why I agree with it is speaking from experience uh, regarding uh, managing my money and having that foundation of creating a habit to save is extremely important. And unfortunately, we are not taught that in school. So it's just kind of learning it on our own and learning it the hard way and speaking from my own experience of not saving enough money, of not managing my money correctly. So it just really, it snowballs too. And once you figure out what's going on and and having a habit for saving, you know, your money and to manage it, it's really, really, it's, it's critical for long term. Yeah. I, I just think that people don't like to talk about money. People are actually ashamed or, you know, they're intimidated about speaking about money because mm-hmm. something goes off in their subconscious mind when they start mentioning the issue of money. It's it's very uncomfortable. Yep. And people don't talk about it. Do you, your friends talk about the money that they make at all? No, 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 no. We don't talk about it. Even when with my parents and, you know, I never heard my parents talk about money and their financial um, savings and anything like that. It was kind of a hush-hush thing. And so that's what I carried on is not knowing what to do and not having um, a foundation of of saving my money and in, in, in knowing how to manage my money. And if people don't talk about it, how are we supposed to learn about it? Especially when we're young. We're not taught in school how to save money. So how are we supposed to learn about saving money if nobody's willing to talk about it? The answer is we're not. We're not. Absolutely we're not. Yeah. And then we learn the hard way, and then we get we get ourselves in trouble. And, you know, we put things on credit cards and then our credit cards just get out of control and we don't know what to do. And so we live paycheck to paycheck because we're not planning ahead. And everybody wants that instant gratification and they go in debt and they buy things that just sit on a shelf somewhere. Mm-hmm. They don't even use them, mm-hmm. but they have them, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But it is a, a quick um, satisfaction. It's not. It's re- rewarding for a minute, but then afterwards, like you said, it just sits there on the shelf and it collects dust. Or in a storage unit. Remember that storage unit we went to that was yours. <laughs> oh please, yes, the storage unit, which that was really hard for me. But um, I spent a lot of money on that storage unit and it was just basically junk. Right. So we pay every month to store. And at some point we have to think about, gee, how much does it cost me per year versus Mm -hmm. 
how much is the stuff actually worth that's in the storage unit mm-hmm. that we're, we're saving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my son, um, at the time, was 15. He's the one who brought it to my attention and asked me, you know, Mom, how much money do you spend on this storage unit a month? And I said, 75 And he's like, okay, so you spend $75 a month on the storage unit. And how long did you have it for? I think at the time, um, I think I had it for maybe 12 years. So he did oh. the math. <laughs> and he's like, Mom, was it really worth, you know, spending that much money? You could have put it towards a house. And I'm like, all right, a 15-year-old knows that. And he's absolutely right. I could have saved that money for a down payment. Yeah, because it was ten thousand eight hundred dollars. If, if you wanted to know. Yeah, no, I I know he told me that, but <laughs> <laughs> please don't bring that up. <laughs> oh God, I have a hard time swallowing that one. <laughs> so, so the problem is, if we don't talk about saving, then we don't learn how to. And if we don't know how to save, there are some problems associated with not not being able to save. Mm-hmm. And the first of which I would think of is. Do you really think the government's going to be there when we need them to in Social Security? No. Nope. I do not. I don't. <laughs> you know, the, the uh, Social Security trustees just released their annual report showing that Social Security faces a precarious and worsening condition. Mm-hmm. And that's even before COVID hit. Yeah. So COVID just further exacerbated the, the circumstances regarding Social Security. Um, so most people believe that it'll be insolvent in only 15 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we're raised, uh, well, I was raised as, you know, you work hard and then you're going to collect Social Security. But, you know, they don't tell us that that money is not enough to live. Yeah, you are going to be collecting Social Security, but it's very not enough, not enough money. And so that's the mindset. I think a lot of people have that because you don't know any better. If you don't know, then you can improve. Right. And as you know, 63% of people are dependent upon social security and social security is not enough. So Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, no. I even see it with my mom, you know, she has social security, but, um, she was very fortunate that my brother managed her money and now she has enough money that she can live off. But if it were just the Social Security, she wouldn't be able to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it creates a big problem for, for us when we get older. And we don't think about that. And of course, when you're young, you don't want to think about getting older and Social <laughs> Security. No. Um, I mean, when I was in when I was eighteen years old, I, I told you actually it was probably a little earlier than that. Seventeen, it was in high school anyway. And one of my economics teachers told me about the the um, value of uh, of money, and I completely didn't pay attention to them <laughs> mm-hmm. because I was young. And what do I need to know that for? I'm never going to grow old, and here I am. Yeah, yeah, climbing that that ladder. Yeah, yeah, and it happens quicker than we think. It does. It really does. And if you don't plan 
your retirement or you don't manage your money correctly, it can really hurt you at the end because then you just keep struggling and you and stress. Just the stress alone can put a lot of pressure on you. Trying to figure out if you can pay your bills or financially if you can, you know, survive or if anything happens, am I going to be able to to support myself? Yeah, and the second reason why we need to learn how to save, I mean, because the first, of course, is Social Security is not going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it just, it's just not. So the habit of saving helps you plan for your retirement so you can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But the second reason why we need to make sure that we um, have a habit of saving is that habit of saving helps you save for life storms. And we all know that storms happen in life. None of us are immune from them. They they come in unexpectedly and they they go out unexpectedly. But if we're not prepared, the storms of life can capsize us, can fill our boat with lots of water mm-hmm. that we're going to be spending a lot of time having to bail out. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure you've never experienced any storms in life. Oh, I've experienced plenty of storms. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and financially, you know, I, I had a, I still have a, a weak foundation, but I am getting better, and I'm aware of, of, of improving my my savings. But it's um, it's it's hard because. If you don't know what to do, it can be very overwhelming and you rather say, well, I'll do it, you know, another time. I'll do it tomorrow and tomorrow. And before you know it, you're in the same position that you were five years ago with with really no savings. And we're not taught to ask anybody for help because it's a very touchy area. We want to be we want to be confidential with our mm-hmm. finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wealthy people aren't confidential with their finances. They seek out help and they tell somebody what, what's going on and they have help. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn how to do that, even if it's somebody who's like your brother, it's a little savvier than you are. Yeah. You you try to get them. And if it's not your brother, you find somebody else. You and I have been working um, uh, probably for a couple of months now on on this particular portion of, of your boat and, and my boat and Antonio's boat. Mm-hmm. This has been a big focus. And it's it's not only a focus for us, it should be a focus for everyone. So the purpose for me doing this podcast is to make sure that everybody has a chance to build a strong foundation upon which they can build a compelling future, including financially. Mm-hmm. Now, number three is compounding interest. Now, Albert Einstein said the greatest mathematical discovery of all time was compounding interest. And by the use of his discovery, you can become a millionaire in your lifetime. So people don't realize the value of a dollar, right? It's just a dollar. Mm-hmm. But if you just take one dollar, just one, and you put it in the bank at 3% interest, just one, in 468 years, that dollar will grow to a million dollars. Now, it's not really going to do much for you, but just $1 can grow to $2 million. Mm-hmm. If you up it to 5% interest, it grows $2 million in 284 years. At 10% interest, 145 years. At 15% interest, it'll grow $2 million in 99 years. And at 20% interest, 
in 75 years, it'll go to a million dollars. But that's just one dollar. What if you took a uh, dollar a day? Mm-hmm. Right? If you just took a dollar a day and you put it in an account and you didn't touch it, and that's roughly $365 a year. Um, well, it is $365 a year. And at 3% interest, that that it would grow to a million dollars in 147 years. Again, we're not going to be here for 147 years, but it's better than 400 years. Mm-hmm. At 5% interest, a million dollars would, would become a million dollars in 100 years. At 10% interest, it would take 56 years to get to a million. 15% interest, 40 years, and 20% interest, 32 years. So now we're bringing it into a reasonable time frame. But the higher you go up in interest, the harder it is to gain those those interest rates. A couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about you know uh, tax lien certificates. So it's very easily, you can do the 15% easy with the tax lien certificates. And 20%, you, you can really do tax, 20% with real estate. But, you know, if you take... Um, a dollar a day, um, or let's say you put $2 a day away, you can control a million dollars in 124 years at 3%, and at 20% interest, 28 years. Um, at $3 a day, it would take you 26 years, $4 a day, 25 years, $5 a day, 24 years, $6 a day, 22 years, and so on and so forth. And if you can put $10 away, a day, you can control a million dollars in 20 years. Now, this is not the, the end-all, be-all. This is not the only plan. But if, if this is one of your strategies, who can't put away a dollar a day? Who can't put away $2 a day? Do you know anyone? Do I know anyone? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would venture to say that most people could put it even $4 a day away. Mm-hmm. It's like a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people will go to Starbucks and spend a cup of coffee. Well, maybe it's like six or seven dollars, and that's a day. So, can you just imagine that if you stop going to Starbucks and putting that money in your in a jar, how quickly that will will grow? Yes, but you then you have to get any interest. But it's fourteen sixty, so one thousand four hundred sixty dollars in a year. For um, and you could have a million dollars in twenty five years. Mm-hmm. So it's doable, but people don't don't understand compounding interest, and they don't ever take any action. So how about number four? Number four, the fourth reason why. Um, we need to develop a habit of saving is if you don't learn how to save money, you'll never hold on to money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big problem. Um, reminds me of, there was a lottery winner. His name was William Budd. And in 1988, he won the Pennsylvania lottery uh, to the tune of $16.2 million. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty nice chunk of change. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, I would yeah. say so, yes. <laughs> However, now he lives on Social Security. Yeah. A former girlfriend of his successfully sued him for a share of his winnings. Then a brother was arrested for hiring a hitman to kill him. 
he was trying to help um, inherit the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another bro- brother pestered him into uh, investing in the car business in a restaurant, and they both failed. So one year, he was $1 million in debt, and he eventually filed bankruptcy. Now he's living on $450 a month in Social Security. Wow. And he's not alone. I mean, lottery winners are just one of a bunch mm-hmm. of, of, of people. I mean, 70% of all lottery winners go broke within seven years. And that's because they have not had or developed the habit of saving. Think about NBA players. 60% of NBA players go broke within the first five years of retirement. Mark Cuban actually um, just found one of his former uh, players who is now broke and addicted. And Mark Cuban has been helping him out, get back on his feet. Mm-hmm. And um, more than half of all NFL players are broke by 50 you know, so in 2004, there was a, a player by the name of Terrell Owens. He earned $10 million just for signing his name on the contract. And that was the deal that landed him with the Philadelphia. And um, he, he stayed with the Philadelphia for, uh, for a 15-year career. And over that time, he earned $80 million. That's a lot of money. What would you do yeah. with $80 million? I don't even know. <laughs> well, within one year of of um, finishing his last game, he was broke. Yeah, he went through eighty million dollars. Wow! Yeah, well, he probably doesn't even know where he spent that money. Well, you don't know where six thousand dollars went, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm still trying to look for that. <laughs> <laughs> and- Tony Braxton, the singer, songwriter, and actress, sold over 40 million albums worldwide. And despite her nine figure income, um, she filed bankruptcy twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's un- unbelievable. So has Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He had over $40 million on one movie in 2009. And he's been scrambling to avoid bankruptcy and tried to uh, set all kinds of mm-hmm. debts and unpaid tax bills. He had to sell off real estate holdings. Uh, so yep. if you don't have a habit of saving, you're not going to be able to keep your money. Mm-hmm. And, of course, is Mike Tyson. Of course, Mike Tyson, when he was just 35 years old, he made $300 million by his 35th birthday. Wow. He's the youngest heavyweight champion ever. But he was bankrupt by 37. $300 million, just gone. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter if it's 7 or 16 mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. 40. If you don't have a habit of saving, you just buy and buy and buy. Yep. yep. That's the key is having a habit of saving. And, and as you said, it doesn't matter how much money you make. But a lot of people think that way. And I, I used to think that way too. You know, if I make more money, then um, I can have a better lifestyle. I can do this. I can do that. But if you don't have a habit of saving, you're just going to be spending more and more money. The more you make, the more you spend. Yeah, I remember um, having a job where I made very little money, and we did okay. We we made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time I've made more and more money, up until the time I was making quite a bit of money as a real estate investor, 
uh, I just kept on spending more and more money. Mm-hmm. You know, the the watch goes on your wrist from a citizen watch to a Rolex. <laughs> yep. More material yep. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you go, you know, your perfume goes from eau de toilette to eau de perfume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You you change the stores you shop in. Instead of going to Kohl's, you're going to Macy's or Nordstrom's. So we have to be very conscious of what it is we actually need and live below our means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of us are not willing to do that. Most of us are too addicted to the instant gratification that we get from buying. Mm-hmm. Plus, is the keeping up with the Joneses. We have to, of course, to outdo our neighbors. Yeah, yeah. We have to be conscientious, like you, you, who, what car you drive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's never been really important to me, what kind of car mm-hmm. I drive. But yeah, there there are people that want to drive a, a nice car, and they'll just lease it, but. They'll be driving a nice car, Mercedes or BMW, whatever they they want to drive. Yeah. Yep. And it's all for show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all for significance. Yeah. There are six human needs, and each one of us has to meet those six human needs. And when significance is on the top of the list, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. We all want to feel significant. We all want to feel like we matter. But when you have significance to that end, when you have to buy a car to let people know that that's who you are and that you you made it, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's just to fill that void that you have, whatever it is that is missing, and you're not really sure what it is, but that, you know, buying clothes just makes you happy, you know, buying that new dress or a pocketbook or whatever it is just to make you happy. But it's just going to last for a little bit. And sometimes we just avoid really finding out what the root of the problem is. And so we just spend money because we really haven't been taught how to save money and, and what, you know, what we should do, how to manage. So it's just, it's the way we were raised, I, I think. I agree with you. And one of the other reasons why we need to get um, our habit of saving and get our spending under control is when we do, it eliminates the fear of poverty. And the fear of poverty is very serious. Mm-hmm. Because when you are afraid And there's two forms of fear of poverty. There's one, fearing people who are in poverty, (laughs) not likely to be associated with them and not want to be near them. Um, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you fearing yourself going into poverty, either because you've been there before or you feel like you're barely making it. So there's an everlasting fear of poverty. And because you have an everlasting fear of poverty, that destroys your ambition because you're too, too busy worrying about the poverty. Mm-hmm. And when you when you focus on poverty, you get it in spades. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have to be unwilling to accept poverty. 
you have to be willing to do whatever it takes not to be in poverty. So yeah, the fear of poverty alone is sufficient to kill off any ambition. Mm -hmm. It can also destroy self-confidence and destroy hope. But if you add to it the burden of debt, and all who are victims of these true cruel masters are practically doomed to failure. And that's because debt is a a merciless master. And it's a fatal enemy of savings of, you know, savings habit. If you have lots of debt, how are you going to put money away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to live within your means because if you live outside of your means, you're just building up an inevitable storm. A storm is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might not be today, but it's going to come. Yeah. When I was, you know, 16, 17 years old, I got my first credit card. And I was taught by my friend how to use it. <laughs> so I had I had a uh, education financially, but it was not the kind of financial education I wanted or needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned how to charge things real quick. Uh, I learned how to get things with instant gratification. I learned how to charge up debt. Yeah. Yep. Until I decided that, that was not the life I wanted to live. But. Um, there are two classifications of debt, and it's important to know the two distinctions. You know, the first type of debt is the debt incurred for luxuries and liabilities. And in your book, Wretched Dad, Poor Dad, he calls those doodads. Mm-hmm. You know, they become a dead loss. Yeah. You you don't get any money. And he, he defines um, liabilities as something that takes money out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of things that take money out of our pocket. Nearly everything in our in our um, monthly expenses is something that takes out of things out of our pocket but that doesn't put anything into our pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. And he mentions that your your mortgage is a liability. That's right, because it takes people, money out. Yeah, yeah. But people don't think that way. They think it's um, your your house is an asset, but really it, it it's a liability. It is a liability unless mm-hmm. you have a an investment property. Yeah. So the other the other type of debt is debts that are uh, incurred in the process of gaining assets. Mhm. Mhm. So when you when you're spending money um, for assets, that's good debt. Mhm. Because the debt is actually paying you back. You know, you have debts when you have an apartment building, mm-hmm. but that apartment building is also generating income. Yep. It's a big difference. And as you said earlier, being free from the warrior of indebtedness, um, you're ready to revamp the habits of your mind and redirect yourself towards a course of poverty, and you're not going to be worrying about it every five minutes. You know, you're not going to be worrying about, gee, Christmas is coming, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My car just broke down. How am I going to do that? Yep. Yep. And it just puts a lot of stress on you because you don't know how you're going to be paying for it. Nope. So we have to be um, very careful that we don't go into debt, and we have to be very careful that we, if we're going to go and um, have some debts, they're going to be debts for the purpose of acquiring assets. Yeah. Yep. So, um, we, um, or the next reason that we need to develop a habit of saving is because it focuses our mind towards abundance. 
like I said, when there are millions of people out there daily con- uh, concentrating on poverty and failure, mm-hmm. and they're not disappointed. <laughs> they get it in overabundance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because whatever you set your mind to, you achieve. Because it puts your body in action towards it. So, you know, it's the, the law of attraction is completely misunderstood. Yes. I the law of attraction yeah. says we just got to manifest. Mm-hmm. We just got to mm-hmm. manifest. Just think about it. It's going to come. That's bull, yeah. bull cocky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not reality. <laughs> no. 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 But what it does do is when you stop focusing on something, you can stop moving in that direction. So the law of attraction is great because it starts moving you in direction, but you've got to apply the action. Yeah. Your yeah. mind is already set, so now you got to go. It's ready, mm-hmm. set, go. It's not ready. Okay, I'm ready. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting here <laughs> waiting yep. for my money. <laughs> yep. Maybe you even get the set. Yeah. And then you say, okay, where's my money? Where is it? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way. No. Now, it would be nice if it did work that way, but it doesn't. It doesn't. That's fantasy land. Yeah. Yeah. So the Wright brothers concentrated on the airplane and mastered the air. If you focus on abundance, you can get abundance plenty. I mean, what a man think of, so is he. You know, that's the, the, the phrase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from the habit of speaking and thinking about prosperity um, and abundance, you get to focus on prosperity and abundance. And soon you'll have some material evidence for you know, prosperity and abundance because you'll start seeing your bank account start rising. Mm-hmm. I mean, Antonio has been doing the habit of saving as well, and he said, boy, he feels rich. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> because yeah. instead, of, instead of focusing on, gee, I don't have the money, you can say, oh, look, I do have money. Mm-hmm. The, the task then becomes not spending that money, right? Because now you have it. Yes. And you can see it. So you got to stop the habit of of um spending on needless unnecessary things. Mhm. Yeah, and just keep educating yourself and getting a, a stronger foundation on on saving. Yeah, and I think the last reason why we have a need for the habit of saving is because if you don't have a habit of saving, nobody's going to want to cooperate with you in loaning you any money. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, if your your brother came up to you who continually crashed his car, would you want to loan him money? No. For a new one? No. Nope. So n- neither would anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, yep. He's not. And likewise, yeah. Right. If you're not good with your money and you're not taking care of your money, why would anybody loan you theirs? Mm-hmm. They won. And, and in order to become financially free, you need to be able to borrow other people's money. Mm-hmm. Think about buying a house. How many people in real estate do you know who come with cash? I can only think of one. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's always that one or two or three or ten. Yeah. But yeah. there's a small percentage, when you put them all together, a small percentage of the population. Most people yeah. need to go to a bank mm-hmm. to gain money yep. to buy a house. And that goes for investment property. So who's going to loan you money if you can't be trusted? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Successful people loan money to people they can trust. Mm-hmm. So you'll be going to debt with other people's money if you can't control the money because you spend it frivolously. They won't loan you their money. Yep. And you won't be able to buy it. So I, when I was investing in real estate, I had to borrow people's money. And I would borrow people's money and I'd pay them an interest rate. And, and that way I could get what I needed to get done. And they would win. And then um, I get the sellers um, that who sold me the property. I give them some money. And I put money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And even most of the time, the buyers would even get a, a de- good deal on the property. So it was win, 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 win all the way around. But the only way I was willing to do that or able to do that is because I paid them. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So habit of saving is a very important habit for us to develop. But we, we don't. We don't because we're not taught how to save. And I think the average person just feels really uncomfortable of talking to someone. And because they feel as though, well, I should know how to do it. Why can't I manage my money? And so they don't want to ask a friend or um, a a relative or whoever it is because it. As you mentioned, it's hush hush. People feel uncomfortable, and you feel as though, well, you know, why can't I save? What's wrong with me? And it's just something that should be taught in school, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. But it's no. not, you know. And so when when you graduate from high school or you graduate from college, and especially college. You have all the student loans. Now you have to pay back, and and you don't know what to do because you've never been taught how to how to save and how to pay your debt. So it just keeps snowballing. And um, you know, once we develop a habit of saving, it'll make life a lot easier. We could we can enjoy life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, plan on getting a vacation and taking a vacation and knowing where that vacation is going to be paid from. Mm-hmm. Yep, and not putting it on your credit card. <laughs> That's right. Or even when you want to improve your ability to earn. Yeah. How are you going to improve your ability to earn if you don't know where you're going to get the money? Mm-hmm. So you're going to go in debt so you can improve your ability to earn? You should be able to have the money aside, put aside, so that you can have the money to Take that seminar that you want to. Yeah. And if you want that, if if you want that new pair of shoes, you should know that you can pay for those new pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The average person, if they want to buy a pair of shoes, they'll just put it on their credit card and say, "Well, I'll just pay it when my bill comes." But they don't realize how much they have on their credit card, and it just keeps adding and adding, and before you know it you're up to $10,000 and then you're just paying the minimum, which doesn't even cover the, the interest of what they're charging you. 
So you're not even making a dent on, on, on your payment. If you're just paying, you know, whatever it is, $50 a month, you're not even taking care of that debt. And you just keep adding and adding. And that's when you want to scream and say, oh, my God, I'm $10,000 in debt. And plus, I still have to pay my car payment. And I have to pay this and I have to pay that. And it just gets out of control. So habit of saving, you know, as I said in the opening, that the average person wants to create wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how they that's how they look at the success. That's how they define success. So what is wealth? What does it mean to be wealthy? Well, to me now is that I know that I'm not in debt and that I can, you know, live life enjoying it and not getting stressed how I'm going to be paying my bills and just living comfortably. That's wealth to me at this time, you know, but I, I didn't think like this before. I just kind of went with the flow, you know, okay, I'll, well, you know, I can't afford it cash, but I'll just put it on my credit card for now. And then eventually I will pay for it. Well, that just keeps adding and adding on. And then you think that, oh, well, if I get a job that I make more money, then I can take care of that. Well, yeah, okay, you get a job and you're making more money, but then you're spending more money. Another thing that I think is is amazing to me, and you know, my expertise is in, um, in well, in, in addition to coaching, my expertise is in real estate, mm-hmm. and particularly foreclosure investing. And it's it's amazing to me how many times people refinance their house. Mm. They take their house, and the majority of foreclosures are a result of people refinancing the house, refinancing the house, refinancing the house, and taking all the money out and draining it to the point where they can no longer afford the house mm-hmm. because the mortgage payment is too high. Yeah. And they end up losing the house and then their ability to buy a new one in the near future. And even though a house is not technically an asset, in retirement, most people don't even have enough without the house, but at least with a house, they have some equity put away. Mm-hmm. People don't even have a house, don't have any of that. Yeah. So it's very important for people to understand that if you have a house, you shouldn't be using it as a as a cash machine because yeah. it can accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. Yep, but they do, they do. And, and I think a lot of, you know, banks will say, well, we can help you if you just, you know, Take out a, a loan um, from your house because you have enough equity, and and then it sounds good. Okay, well then I can pay off these bills, and but it's just not helping the situation because it's not teaching you. It is just a quick fix of taking care of your debt at that time, but it's not really teaching you how to manage your money. No, it's not at all. So I think there are stages of wealth. Mm-hmm. And the first stage is the stage of being comfortable. And we achieve the stage of being comfortable by having enough money put away for six months worth of expenses. So if our monthly expenses are $3,500, you know, in mortgage and, and um, 
and groceries and electricity and and oil and gas or whatever, then if we have three six times that put away, then we can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because we know that if a storm comes along, our life is not threatened. Most mm-hmm. people are living paycheck to paycheck, as you said, and the, the next storm that comes along is enough to capsize the boat mm-hmm. and throw everything into disarray. Mm-hmm. And then they have to spend all the time bailing out their boat just in time for another storm to come. But if they had six months put away, if a storm came along, they would have six months put aside to weather that storm and then get back in, you know, back in the swing of things, start accumulating up, up again in case another storm comes along. Think about COVID. How many people are displaced or having financial mm-hmm. trouble now that COVID hit? Because the entire world got disrupted. Had people had six months put aside, they'd be able to weather the storm. And even with six months, I mean, we've been doing this since March, March. Yeah. September. September six months. We're in our seventh month. You know, yeah. we started in March. We had all of March, April, May, June, July, August, September. And we're going into October. There's still people who are who are displaced. So six months might not be enough, but six months is the vast majority of of what we've gone through. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but the average person doesn't have that, Ron. They don't have six months. No, they don't have six days. <laughs> yeah, 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 because. Once again, we're not taught how to have a plan, how how to save your money in different categories. We're not taught that way. You know, we don't have that mindset. So it's hard to wrap your head around it if we are not taught and we don't have that and know, we don't know what to do. But the next stage of of um a wealth is security mm-hmm. you're being secure mm-hmm. um and secure means that you have enough money coming in equal to your expenses right plus yeah. six yeah. months put aside yeah. most people and that you're living either at or below your means mm-hmm so you're mm-hmm. constantly saving you're you're secure when you're constantly saving you have, you're building a nice nest egg and you you have enough money to, to have everything you need and and you have money put aside for 6 months. But how many people have that? I know very few. Mhm. And there are lots of people who make lots of money but they don't put money away. No. No. Nope. They just spend lots more money. Mm-hmm. They have bigger houses and bigger faster cars and they have more expensive rings and more expensive everything. Yep. And when the storm comes, they get hit too. They get hit as well. Yeah. Now, the next stage is wealthy, and that is an abundance of items of economic value, primarily where you have your passive income, income that you're not working for, income where your money that you've accumulated in the first two phases start working for you and have generated enough money to pay all of your bills. Mm. So you're pretty wealthy if you have enough assets put aside that all of your expenses are paid for without you having to work. Yep. And then rich 
is possession of great wealth. So having lots extra. Now, according to Forbes, all you need is six hundred million net worth to appear at the bottom of the Forbes <laughs> list of the, of rich people. So, <laughs> I so when people say they want to be wealthy or they want to be rich, I'm I'm not sure that they had in mind six hundred million. Yeah, yeah. But but that is the that, that is the standard, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but people need to know what it is that they define. What what it is that they're looking to do? Yeah, yep. And you have to put a, a plan in place, but I think most people don't. You know, they really don't know what to do. So it's like, okay, I have money, I pay my bills. You know, I may have a little bit extra, but they don't really think ahead. I know for myself, I wasn't thinking that way. Well, that's why they need this training. So, anyway, I'd like to thank you, Anna, for being here today. I hope that somebody gets something out of this this um, broadcast. It's over two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have any questions, you can reach out and give me a call. And if if I can help you, I will. And Anna, I know you're available. If they have any any questions, and you want to, if you want to help them um, purchase a piece of real estate and yes. make a good decision when it comes to real estate, and how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can reach me on my cell number nine seven eight. Three one four three seven eight eight. That's the best number to reach me. You can also text me on that number. So uh, thank you for joining me, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening, and join me next week for part two of The Habit of Saving, a beginner's guide to making your money work for you, where I'll be teaching you how to create the essential habit of saving. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at www.gonefishingpodcast.com. And remember, life is an ocean, a strong boat, your foundation. If you want to succeed, identify a harbor, unfurl your sails, sail outside the drift currents of social expectation, and let's go fishing. You've reached the end of another episode of the Gone Fishing Podcast. Connect with us at www.waypointmastermind.com where you can sign up for our newsletter to receive our free tools and resources. This podcast has been brought to you by Waypoint Mastermind. Personal growth and support through collaboration with a community of like-minded achievers. See you in the next episode.